This is Judge Willis, left tackle for the Cleveland Browns, and you're listening to the Browns Huddle Podcast. Enjoy the show. And welcome to another episode of the Browns Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Hand. We are part of the Zedia Network. That's media spelled with a Z. For more information on the Zedia Network, you can find them on Twitter, at Zedia Network. If you are a Cleveland Browns fan, have a story to tell, and would like to share it, hit me up on Twitter. My DMs are wide open. You can find me there, at Browns Huddle. You can also find this podcast on Twitter, at Browns Huddle Pod. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Give us a five-star review and please share the show. It helps more than you will ever know. This week, we have a special guest coming to the huddle all the way from Melbourne, Australia, David Evan Smith. David, happy St. Patrick's Day and welcome to the show. Happy St. Patrick's Day to you, Jace. I mean, we're a day in the future and we had it yesterday, but I'll relive it for you. I'm happy to have a beer more than once a day, once a week. Yeah, I mean, you're always in the future pretty much, right? That's it. Sadly, I can't predict the future for the lotto numbers for you, but, uh, you know, there's there's, uh, that, unfortunately, I can't help with. But it's great (laughs) to to be here. So if the Browns play on a Sunday, do you know what the prediction is by the time you see it, or is that that not – I mean, is that just a myth? (laughs) That's just a myth, unfortunately, Jace. I wish it was. I mean – you know, would have saved me through those um, those horrible years of uh, 0 and 16 and 1 and 15 of getting up at 3 in the morning and like we were talking about a bit earlier, uh, uh, going, oh, what the hell am I watching? Why am I out of bed? I've got, oh, surely I've got Zeds to be catching. <laughs> For the listeners, in case you don't know, uh, David is from Melbourne, Australia, and they are 16 hours ahead. So as we we're recording, it's about 8 o'clock at night on a Wednesday, and it is Thursday morning. 11 a.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thursday morning. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. David here is drinking coffee, and I'm having a uh, bush light. <laughs> That's what we're well, doing. You know, but the most importantly is that we're both having it from um, approved by you and approved by me. That's um, right. Browns drink containers. So that's the best. That's the best. <laughs> Let's I, talk about Australia. Um, what are some of the biggest attractions in Australia? So, if I was to come to your hometown. What are two or three spots that you would take me as, as an attraction in, in your hometown? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Here in Melbourne, despite what the uh, rumours were going around on Twitter this morning by my uh, good mate Mick up in Sydney, <laughs> Melbourne is better than Sydney. We have a far uh, better food and coffee culture. So we have some really, really high quality um, uh, restaurants and eateries and the coffee is much, much better. Our water is much better. So when it's brewing the coffee, we know that. Um, places <laughs> like Phillip Island, oh no, that's a tongue in cheek. You know, Mick knows I love him. Um, Phillip Island, we have, um, due to PC, they've changed the name. Uh, Little Penguins, they used to be called Fairy Penguins. Um, they're a big uh, tourist attraction down on Phillip Island. Um, huge arts and entertainment uh, precinct in the city, in our, in our CBD. Um, just recently, I took my daughter to the Harry Potter stage show, um, which has been doing the world tour, um, which obviously was locked down due to COVID. Um, amazing wine country. 
um, in, in a couple of different locations, all the way down in Geelong um, to the Mornington Peninsula and uh, up into the Yarra Valley and all do very distinctive wines for their regions. Um, then we'd have to, uh, well, we would have to get on a plane because we'd have to go and see the Great Barrier Reef and all those beautiful attractions up in Queensland, long, long sandy beaches, go into the centre um, and see uh, Uluru or what used to be called Ayers Rock. Um, yeah, no, there's, there's plenty to do here. I mean, all right, yeah, 92% of the uh, animals are trying to eat you, kill you or stab you, but that's fine. You'll be right. You'll be safe. No problems. <laughs> so if I catch a flight to Australia, it's, it's definitely to Melbourne. Well, um, I think actually you can go both. You can go Melbourne or Sydney. I mean, as much as I say Sydney through gritted teeth. No, no, I'm joking. Um, you get, and then Sydney, of course, as, as Mick's probably told you uh, in, in his chat with you, you know, the Sydney Harbour Bridge, Bondi Beach, um, Coogee, there's, you know, there, there's just so much to do. It's diverse, um, but the people welcome, welcome you with open arms. We love, you know, we love having tourists here and showing off what we've got. Sounds like a good place to, to visit. I like I like to eat food a lot. Is there a restaurant that you would take me to that that's a go to? Uh, there's a new one that's just opened up with probably four of our our in Melbourne and probably Australia um, um, best known chefs, and a couple of them over the journey have worked overseas, and I believe a couple of them may have even had Michelin's attached to them. Um, it's called Hero. And I've had a, my uh, aunt and uncle ate there just recently and said, that's the place that we've got to go. So I will report back to you once I've been there. Um, but we have a number of them. There's a, a bloke by the name of Shannon Bennett who, um, who's turned up on, on American TV from time to time doing, doing shows. He's been a, a chef all around the world. And his big one is Vudemont. That's uh, pretty much a chef's kiss for, uh, for blue ribbon food. Oh, man. And he does a lot of that paddock to the plate stuff and seasonal with regional growers and will cook and, you know, use what he's got available to him. So he's got a constantly um, changing menu. Hmm. And the exchange rate's good for you too. Is it? <laughs> it's about right. to be at $1.25 to one. So. Whoa. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I got a question. Me and you are about the same age. We, we yes. pre-show we, we talked and we're really close to the same age. When, when I was a kid, uh, maybe preteen, Crocodile Dundee was huge. It, it, huge. I mean, loved it. What, what was he like in uh, Australia? I mean, was it a big smashing hit there? It was, it was huge. It was, it was <laughs> amazing. It was one of those ones. It was probably now looking back on it and I have watched it and I've watched the last one that he did just recently um, a little bit cringy now but I tell you what when we when we had it it was pretty cool to see Paul Hogan who I'd grown up with on Australian television as a as a as a bloke who painted the Sydney Harbour Bridge as a tradie whose mates went you should go and do stand-up comedy I mean you know they essentially they paint it from left to right then right to left left to right right to left so you spend a lot of time up there you know eight hours a day painting and doing whatever he was working on his routines and he was hilarious. Um, probably wouldn't pass the PC test these days, but shh, don't tell anyone. <laughs> um, it's some very, very funny stuff. If you look up it on YouTube, but when he was out there, that was him. I, I just watching him on television as I had and seen him interviewed on a lot of the little tonight shows that we had. It seemed like him as, as Croc Dundee, as much as there was that very much an ocker accent or what we refer to as Ocker, and the, and most people's ears hear Steve Irwin every time they hear an Australian. 
Right. And Steve was a great ambassador. Mm-hmm. But as my Twitter handle says, I'm the grumpy lifting medic. We're not all that enthusiastic all the time. <laughs> no, that's not true. <laughs> no, it is. Um, he, um, he was... Uh, he was probably a little bit over the top. I mean, I've had a, a chat with a few uh, of our, Brown, our fellow Browns fans and, uh, and their kids have gone, that guy sounds like Bluey's dad. So Bluey's the new Australian big thing hitting the world. It's a kids TV show about a family of blue healers. So having, having um, Paul Hogan sort of start that ball rolling and obviously you've got all the guys that have ended up in the movie scene. Seeing Paul Hogan up there was pretty damn cool, even as a teenager or preteen. Yeah, heck yeah, that, that was that was the jam back when I was a kid. It was Crocodile Dundee for sure. And everyone loves the. I'm tipping as much as it was here over there. Everyone loved the. That's not a knife. This is a knife. Uh, uh, yep. 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 That's the movie quote I was just thinking of in my head. For yep. sure. Everyone, everyone loves that one. Everyone <laughs> loves that one. Before we get into your your Browns fandom, David, uh, you had mentioned you're you're a paramedic. Yep. In, yep. in Melbourne, yeah. um, that's right. Yep. How that? Hey, thank you, number one, for being a first responder. That's I can't even imagine what your year has been like during the the COVID pandemic. That's that's hit the whole globe. Yeah. How how long have you been a paramedic? Uh, I'm just about to tick over into my uh, heading into my ninth year. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. It's gone in a blink of an eye. You know, I went back to uni as a, as a mature age student. I don't know so much about the mature, but I was definitely aged Um, and got a job as a, as a, as a paramedic um, before my 40th, which was quite bizarre, you know, going through, as I said, going through uni for three years, doing a bachelor of health sciences um with a bunch of 22 24 year olds i'm thinking to myself i could just about be your dad you know like it was it was quite a strange thing and now you know eight nine years on you don't even really think about it it's just one of those things like my goodness i've had another two children in that time um yeah it's it's crazy it's um it was a tough year um in and out of um ppe i've spoken to our mates uh who we see on twitter quite a bit Doc down in Houston, um, AD, um, who used to go by Doogie Howser, another Browns, huge Browns fan. He and I used to chat privately because of the PPE that we'd wear. You know, you'd end up with um, uh, open, you know, open sort of wounds and abrasions on your your cheeks and nose mm. from um, the face masks and the goggles and everything like that. But you know what? It had to be done. It was a, it was it's still tough out there, and I, I, I really admire everyone um, around the world that's been doing the right thing. Yeah. Um, cause it's been tough for all of us, you know, oh, it really yeah. has, it's, uh, but it had to be done. You know, I signed up for the job, you know, we do two 10 hour days, a 12 hour mid shift and a 14 hour night shift. And that's what I signed up to do. And I'm happy to do it. Mm. I love my job, you know? Well, thank, thank you for, for doing what you do, man. It's, it's appreciated. Yeah. Even, even from halfway across the world, I appreciate what you do. Thanks, Jace. Appreciate it, mate. That's awesome. Well, let's get into your your Browns fandom from afar. I'm a I'm a Browns fan that grew up in Phoenix, Arizona. It's about I haven't googled the the mileage, but I I think it's about 2,700 miles to 3,000 miles away from to Cleveland. Now I did Google search your mileage. You're 9,970 miles to First Energy Stadium. That's it. 
Yeah, I, I just like to round it up, you know, add taxes and all that sort of stuff. Let's call it an even 10K. Let's call 10 it 10K. <laughs> Why not, right? I mean, what's an extra seven, 30 miles or whatever it is? How, how did you become a Browns fan? I know you've been asked that a, a bunch, but how did being from Australia, how did you become a Browns fan? How did I become a Browns fan? Um, first of all, I was a football fan. We never had live um, NFL games through the 70s and 80s. We'd always get packages that were the year after. So I remember watching um, almost, I think it was the early parts of the NFL film. So I got to see those NFL films of the Super Bowl lead-ups. Mm-hmm. And that was like, my God, these huge men. So I played Aussie Rules and I'd been around Aussie Rules football teams. We don't wear padding and it's a 360-degree game. Uh-huh. meaning that you can get tackled from anywhere. And the ball is the same, is a similar shape. Um, and we played with big blokes, but the big blokes were specific, a bit like basketball. You know, you had a very tall center who's called the ruck. But on the NFL teams, you go, the entire linemen are huge, both D and O. And I fell in love with the, the collision, the, the sounds, the colors as a, as a young bloke. And as it came on, the Browns started to be, showing in these packages and the brown and orange you sort of watch and you go oh yeah and then mum had made mention that as a girl she had a pen pal in cleveland as i said to you a little bit earlier um and it was almost again like the universe had been hearing so she had actually got after about 30 years of no contact sent a letter to the old address my grandparents still live there they forwarded on to mum um she had three girls when my mum had three boys, all of the same age, and today we're all still friends. So that's, wow. that's an amazing sort of thing. They didn't have really anything to do with sports, but they knew that we were sports mad. Australian rules football, cricket, Formula One car racing, because my dad's an ex, uh, ex-car driver. He used to race cars here in, here in Melbourne and up in New South Wales. Um, so sports, like, sports just throw, flow through our veins. So they started sending us for birthdays and Christmases Cavs, Browns, um, um, Indian stuff. I mean, I was getting newspaper clippings of the f- them filming um, Major League before anyone knew that Major League was coming out to Australia. Everyone obviously knew about it in America. Um, and then when we started getting Brown stuff, it was like, this is pretty cool. This is cool. And then, as I said to you, you know, this was in the late 80s, around about when Bernie started. Somewhere at home at mum and dad's place, I've still got I don't know. I'm presuming it was McDonald's. It could have been Arby's. I'm not sure. But the 89 Browns team photo that was a placemat that you got on your tray. And the, and the guys sent that to me. And that had, now here's some names from a blast from the past. Lawyer Tillman, Reggie Langhorn, Webster Slaughter, <laughs> um, Bernie Kosar, Mac, um, Biner. You know, like all these names. Michael Dean Perry probably was on there, I'm oh, sure. Oh, MDP. Now, he was my favourite. Not only did he have a burger named after him or had made his own <laughs> burger, but he was the brother of the fridge. And, of course, that was something that stuck in our heads because, if I'm not wrong, fridge was a member of the 84 Bears. That won 85. The Super Bowl. Uh-huh. 85 Bears yep. that won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we knew about all that stuff because I remember seeing the crowds at Soldier Field rocking the um, – uh, goalposts and causing them to collapse and we just I just fell in love with the game um, and then I had an exchange student in 89-90 who had come from, who'd grown up in Chicago, had moved to um, upstate New York and then was in Australia because his parents wait for this, worked for Kodak there's a, there's a blast from the past, you wow. know, Kodak films yeah exactly, films and cameras and stuff so they were out here 
Um, he was an exchange student. We became best of mates. He was a Bears fan. I was a Browns fan. And yeah, yeah, it was just one of those things. And, and it wasn't until, and I was checking this up because I was trying to think about it. Um, Super Bowl 27, Bills Cowboys, where the Cowboys absolutely spanked the Bills, was the first time Australia had live Super Bowl coverage from um, an Australian personality, actually technically American. And from there, two years later, I was playing the game. It was just, it's just my love affair of the game started when I was a kid and love of Browns is like I said to you, 88, 89 was when I really immersed myself in the team. And I, you had mentioned about the, the clashing and clanking from collisions. You know what that sound is? It's pads. Y'all don't use yes, pads absolutely. out there. No, but I did because I played the game for seven <laughs> years here. So I'm, I'm very, very, uh, very au fait with the, uh, the sound. I don't know if you can see in the background, I've got my, uh, my old helmet. So oh, always the, yeah, that looked like it took a couple clanks. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, wow. I was, uh, I was, as I said, the middle linebacker, and um, I played for a team called the Hawthorne Hurricanes. Um, and we had the same colours as the University of Miami back when they were the Rainbows or the Rainbow Warriors. So we yeah. had the same colours as them. Um, but yeah, no, it was, um, and my love affair of that, I mean, um, don't tell anybody, but I followed the Steelers when there was no Browns team. We'll you know, edit that the, out. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, no, look, I'll, <laughs> okay. I'll cut the flag. But the <laughs> other thing was, too, I played for I played for them here in Melbourne. We had a team called the Southeastern Steelers. So that was at the time when there, there was a, a Cleveland Browns team. But I, I've got photos of all three of my children on their in their birth years, 09, uh, 13, and uh, 19, and I'm wearing a Browns T-shirt, and it wasn't deliberate. So when they were newborns, they were all wearing Browns T-shirt. All the kids, except for the latest one, all have Browns clothes. And they all, they've all they all been immersed into the Browns uh, lifestyle. Well, as long as we're confessing stuff, um, I some people don't know this, but I married a Steelers fan. That's okay. You know, yeah, they're, they're so called, we, we have a house divided carriages. over here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, you know, two, two games a year, last year three. We, we just uh, don't get along too well that day, but that's okay. Well, you got along just fine in that wild, in the in the wild card, and especially we, after the first seven seconds. We, we <laughs> yeah, it didn't take long on that one. We had um we had twin daughters, and I made a deal with my wife. I you know before we knew what they were going to be, we made a deal. We said if if we have boys, we'll raise them Browns fans, and if we have girls, we'll raise them Steelers fans. Well. There's a lot of boys in my family, and I have two uh, kids before that, and they're both boys. So I thought it was a pretty safe bet. Well, God has a funny way. He he, we popped out two girls, so we have two girls. Steelers renegotiated, fans. you know, it's like one of those um, um, salary cap contracts. Renegotiate, you know, uh, one and one. Restructure, yeah. Yeah, restructure. You have one uh -huh. and one. One daughter can barrack for the Steelers, and one, or we call it barracking. You guys call it rooting. Um, uh, uh, support the Steelers, and one can support the Browns. Yeah, I, I'm not giving up. Uh, yeah, there's oh. there's still hope. I mean, they have their own minds. They can make their own decisions. Absolutely, so, uh, <laughs> and they're going to break your heart because they're going to end up following bloody Baltimore. Oh, no, 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 sir. <laughs> Dis disown, out. Goodbye, yeah. children. Change the lock. Yeah, all that. No, I'm just kidding. No, um, no, no. What, what's your worst and best moment of being a Cleveland Browns fan? <sighs> worst moment. 
I would say, going back historically, was when we didn't keep Bernie. That was that was as a as a young bloke because that's that, he was what I watched and what I got you know and then because we didn't find out the news like I do now like you and I are both keeping our eyes on our phones to go oh who's been traded what's happening here what's happening there it was it was weeks before I found out that Bernie had gone because the internet was only just starting and and you know it was dial up you know that you know yeah. that shenanigans you know that was just chaos you've got um, mail you've got mail exactly. Bing. Um, uh, that was back then. Um, I would say the worst bit of being a Browns fan is probably up until Baker being drafted was just the complete mismanagement. It was genuinely heartbreaking um, to watch a team that was steeped in history, um, that was, you know, essentially the at the birthplace of the football that we love, the game that we love, being so badly mismanaged that they didn't even get a chance to stretch their legs. And, you know, there was too many fingers in the pie. That was probably heartbreaking. The best outside of that uh, week one 52-zip win back in the, uh, in, the, in the late 80s beating the Steelers, that game, that wildcard round game, I did the exact same thing as Kevin Stefanski. I pressed pause by accident. So I missed that. So I'm, I'm, get, I'm watching my phone go off its chops with um, scrolling messages going, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I'm going, what did I miss? And I'm going, pressing wrong buttons. And then I rewind and I go, oh my lordy do, Marquise Pouncey. Great snap, son. So mm. that would be modern day greatest outside of Baker week three against the Jets. That comeback. Uh, my best moments that's the two I was thinking about it was Baker Mayfield coming out in the Jets game on that Thursday night and then the beer coolers unlocked after and we just saw our future quarterback and everybody knew it and the energy was coming through our tv sets as it was in first energy stadium um and and then the 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 one that topped it off was the the wild card game against the Steelers. Um, there's yep. no question about it. And and it wasn't the fact that we won. It was how we won that football game and Ben Roethlisberger crying on the sidelines. Just, it, 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 it doesn't get better than that, especially for all that we've been through as Browns fans through the Ben Roethlisberger era to see that game and how it finished was just magical. Absolutely. And you know, that leading through those, that, that decade plus of Ben, he just chalked that up straight as a W. They didn't even think about it. You, you know that they were like, oh, yeah. and that's what I loved. I heard you talking about it um, um, last week um, with Wyatt Teller, not Jedrick Wills. Jedrick Wills, not Wyatt Teller. Wyatt Teller, not Jedrick Wills. See, I remember. Uh -huh. um, Wyatt Teller with the same old Browns boys. Like that, if that didn't get you fired up when you heard it, you've got no emotion. Like that was just, so great that he's bought him, you know, and if we don't extend him, there's going to be something wrong, but he will be extended. I, I firmly believe that. But listening to that, I was just thinking to another one of the highlights of, of recent times, Jim Donovan's call and then the Spanish version of Nick Chubb's 98 yard run, TD run. Mm -hmm. That to me, 
and just that cut move and the run, and then you're watching Baker skipping down the sideline, you know, like a jockey in the Melbourne Cup or the Kentucky Derby, driving him home. You know, it was just that's why you become a football fan, and that's why you love the Browns because they've got the potential to do that. You know, Joshy Cribbs doing those amazing runs oh. for, for touchdowns. Like he was one of my favourites as well. I loved him, um, and he didn't get to experience same as. Same as uh, uh, Joe, Joe Thomas. Thomas. Yeah, Hoff. Jinx. Uh, yeah, Jinx. <laughs> um, those blokes needed to be now. They needed to be in our team now because they were Browns. They were, at their core, Browns people. Melbourne, I, from my interactions with, with blokes like yourself, um, even though you're not originally from Cleveland, you know, we kind of adopted. Melbourne and Cleveland people, seem to be very synergistic in their in their values in regards to, you know, football, family, you know, that sort of loyal to the end, mates through thick and thin. You'll hang a bit of uh, stick on one another, but you know it's not done for the vast majority. We've seen enough nastiness on, on Twitter, and I try to stay well away from that. I just, you know, scroll on by. <laughs> because I'm not interested in, in engaging in, in silliness, but... The, the, the core values, I reckon, are very, very similar. And that's another reason I feel so, so much of an affinity with, with, with Cleveland is not only through, I like to call them my family members now that started out as pen pals because we're in contact almost weekly. Um, and that's the beauty of modern technology. This is the thing that I love. You're sitting in, you're in Virginia, is that right? I'm in Virginia. Mm-hmm. And I'm in yeah. Melbourne. Like we're, we're more than 11,000 miles away. This is, this is wild. It's, it's just I love it. It's football and it's just amazing. You know, it's just great. And the Browns are finally, finally turning the corner. We've got three smart blokes leading the charge. And, you you know, I'm, I'm, I sit here and have a little chuckle at Twitter at people, you know, why didn't we do this and why didn't we do that? And, and I don't disagree. Like um, Chad made a really good point. You know, we trust Andrew. Uh, we trust Paul and we trust Kevin. The one that I didn't understand, and I'm sure you're probably the same, is why we didn't re-sign money. Two years, seven and a half mil. Doesn't seem like a lot of money, does it, to bring a guy of that talent back to your football team? Well, I'm not considering San Francisco, and I think this is something that I've learned too over the last two years. The cap is is a pile of malarkey. It means nothing. I mean, I was going to use an example of Trent Williams, 31 years old, had a year out because he couldn't wear a helmet, whatever has now signed one of the richest deals ever in football. Five years, $132 million. He's one bad rolled up on ankle away from ending his career, and they've guaranteed him, what are they guaranteeing, $42.75 million or something like that? It was a $138 million contract, and he's the highest paid offensive lineman in NFL history. It's just a mega deal, just sick. <laughs> I, you know, and, that, and that worries me, you know. Like I said, you know, you've got uh, Jack, who's going to finish his deal in two years. You've got White, I think, who's due this coming year. Thankfully, we've got um, Jed on a rookie. So we've got a couple of years on him and we can pick up his 50-year option. So at least that's, you know, probably five or six years down the track. But still, 138 mil for a 31-year-old. Going back to your your worst moment and the dysfunction of the Cleveland Browns organization, I think the the worst part for me is how long it took for us to find a franchise quarterback. And that was probably played into what you're talking about. We we know that that's, that's one of the first things you have to do as a NFL organization is find your 
quarterback, your leader. And it took two decades, man, to find Baker Mayfield. And, and now we finally have him, and, and it's exciting. And we knew it right when he marched on the field against that Jets, you know, in that Jets game on that Thursday night. Absolutely. And the bit that I love thinking back to that, and I always think back to this, their inside linebacker was screaming at him, who are you, Heisman boy, rookie boy? What the hell? We don't even know. And he turns around and he goes, I don't even know who the F you are, mate. And I've gone. <laughs> and, and and Joel Batonio looked at JC Treader, and they both looked at each other and went, yeah, no, I think we'll be all right. Yeah. We're, we're they probably fine. didn't have the thick Australian accent, but you feel my, you feel my vibe. Absolutely. <laughs> Speaking okay. of Australia, I have to hand it to you, man. And I went over this with Mick McGovern. He was on my show probably six, seven, eight weeks ago. And too, by the way, that was a really good. Ep. Oh, it was awesome. Mick's a great guy. And, and so are you. I have Thank to hand it to you, man. You're the, the, the way you guys watch football, the time that you watch football. So like a one to one o'clock kickoff on Sunday, it's typically when the Browns play, it's yep. about four o'clock in the morning on a Monday. Yep. Explain yep. to explain to listeners what what that's like, and I know that's normal for you. You don't know pretty much any different, but for us, it's fascinating because you know we get to have our Sunday breakfast, um, you know, set our fantasy football lineups, watch a little pregame with the ESPN Sunday countdown, whatever pregame show that you're watching, yep. eat a little lunch, barbecue some wings, and oh, it's one o'clock already. Let's watch some football. But you're pretty much, I would I would assume, running out of rolling out of bed and turning on the TV just in time for kickoff. But just explain, Absolutely. man, what, what, what is that like for your world? Um, as a paramedic who works 24, you know, works, you know, 12, uh, 14 hour shifts overnight, eh, whatever, it's another day. You know? <laughs> but but um, if I'm lucky enough, which very rarely happens to be a branch, so we actually have a station, we actually get um, one of our free-to-air TV stations um, one of the digital channels actually has, from what I understand, uh, the worldwide feed from multiple sources. So you could get the CBS game, you could get the ABC game, da-da-da-da-da. So if that happens to be a Browns game and that's live and I'm at station, which is pretty rare, but occasionally I am, I get to watch it. I'm already awake, so I don't even notice it. However, as I was saying to you earlier, week one, uh, 20, no, 19, sorry, um, Titans, I'd been off uh, on my days off. So I set my alarm for 3.30, tried not to wake the wife up or the kids, tiptoe out of the bed. I've got polished wood floorboards, so there's a few creaky spots that I know, so I can't stand on that. <laughs> can't, can't put the coffee machine on, can't put the kettle on. Obviously, at 3 o'clock in the morning or 4 o'clock in the morning, probably a little early to have a beer. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure you've done it though. It's okay. <laughs> shh, shh, shh. Don't say anything. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, you put on the you either put on the television because I, as I said, I've got some pay TV, so I can watch it there, or through other sources, shall we say, other channels. Um, you might have to log on to the iPad and uh, get a link that would link to a link via a, a link, if you can read between the lines. And watch it there. And so hyped for that game, as I said to you earlier off air. And then it was on and I just went, why did I get up 
at this time of morning to watch this game. But otherwise, you know, the games this year that we've got up for have been amazing. And, and I've got the, um, the Browns app. So if I'm actually out and about, I can listen to Jim Donovan on the Browns app through the radio. So again, the wonders of modern technology, I'm listening to Jim who's watching it on a TV because of course this year <laughs> they weren't allowed to, to go to the game. I'm watching, he's watching it on a TV. I'm out in the truck. I've got my headphone on, you know, if I'm going to a job or coming back from a job or whatever it might be and pick up the scores that way. It's, it's, it, that's, you know, we find a way. We're football junkies. We find a way. Okay. I'm curious though. We played the Tennessee Titans this year. I believe it was a one o'clock game. That was, and, that and was, we, de- we destroyed them in the first half. So that, yep. that would have been a 4 a.m. game. How do you control your screams, your, your woohoo, you know, go, you know, how do you control oh. that when your family's sleeping on the other side of the house? Is it hard? Grabbing, grabbing pillows and, and <laughs> giving them, giving them the old, uh, the noogies, yeah. you know, cause that's all you can do. And you, oh. like, you have to, you have to really bottle it up because yeah. <laughs> especially for example, you're right. That game was amazing. That, um, that shot over the top to DPJ. I mean, how beautiful was that? And you're like, that's about what it sounds like too. You know, it's like air coming out of a balloon, you know, I can't yell because the kids will be awake, you know, (laughs) but (laughs) my wife will kill me. (laughs) Exactly. And at that stage, well, she's now 18 months old. So, you know, she was about 14 months old there. It's like, she wakes up, she, you know, but yeah, no, it's, it's one of those ones you just either scream into the pillow or you just have to really bottle it up. But it's been a good year. It was a great year. Absolutely. Well, well, let's let's get into some free agency talk. We 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 had a couple signings. Today is the the first day of the new league year. Yep. Congratulations, we made it. We're in 2021. Woohoo! Uh, the Browns had a couple signings. Let's talk about the first one. They they signed a um, safety, John Johnson. He's 25 years old, six foot tall, 209 pounds. Drafted in the third round by the Los Angeles Rams. The Cleveland Browns signed him to a three-year, $33.75 million deal. What did you think about that signing? I'm, I'm pretty pumped about it, man, to be honest with you. I was probably a little unsure to begin with until I started to have a look at some film. And I thank the guys that have been doing the film analysis and bringing it out because I wouldn't even know where to start in some of that stuff. But because you sort of get focused on what the Rams did with Jay, was it Jalen Ramsey they got, wasn't it? So he was there. Was it Jalen Ramsey? Mm-hmm. Yeah, their big sort of safety signing, and he sort of got put to the to the side. But then we start watching some film, and then you listen to people who are affiliated with um, the Rams speak about him. And twenty five years old, three seasons in, and had the green dot on the helmet by second year. Team captain, calling the plays as a safety. That speaks volumes for the kid. He is obviously. What is it? Uh, um, I saw the other stat. Was it three and a half thousand snaps with two penalties? Mm. That is just what we need. You know, smart footballer, conscientious, doesn't draw fouls. Came to us as per a number of different sources for less money for better opportunity. Now, I'm not saying that he won't get down the track and get a massive payday if he does. Right? Can you imagine those three? Delpit, JJ three. And, and Ronnie, oh my lordy, do yeah, our, our, just, yeah. I mean, our safety room has gotten a lot better from that signing. There's no doubt about it. And and, and watching Grant on on film from LSU, they all three of them have got the potential to be ball hawks. 
throw Denzel in there. Now, we need to keep him healthy. But signing JJ, I was, I am now really excited. And I saw the video that he posted. He looks and sounds like he genuinely wants to be there, which is the buy-in that we want from people coming to Cleveland now. No longer are we a retirement plan, which we were in the past. And we know of a very famous um, Patriot linebacker who turned up week one, then went away for about three or four weeks made some thought he was playing tag football there for a little while, you know, tag you're it. No, you're not. Um, and collected a nice payday. Um, and that has gone on in those, those dark periods and to see him want to come, I'm super pumped. I am that three safety room potential. And even if it's not, if Delp, it's not hundred percent, right. There's room for other growth. Yeah. So in 2017, he played in 16 games, one INT, um, and six or uh, 11 passes deflected. And then in 2018, he, he played also 16 games. He had four INTs, 11 passes deflected. And in 2019, he only played in six games. He was placed on IR, but he had two INTs. One of them, which I was at this game actually was, you know, against Baker Mayfield at first energy stadium that sealed the win against the Browns. I like him, man. Um, you know, he's now the, is it, let's see, this contract makes him the eighth highest paid safety in the league. And according to PFF, he's the third best safety in the NFL and the 24th best prospect in free agency. So, you know, the, when you hear John Johnson, it's not a name that, that we were thinking of before, not a household name by any stretch of the imagination, but you had pointed out, he does make our safety room better. You team him up with Grant Delpit. I, th- I really believe that he's going to be back in time for week one. Um, and then, of course, you have. Uh, yeah, well, you know, when he when he had that injury is in training camp and that's you never want to have that type of injury. But if you do, you want it to be in training camp and not week 15, 16, 17, because that's going to ruin your next year. So, so I, I do believe he'll be back. And then, of course, we have Ronnie Harrison. So those three safeties. Joe Woods is going to be very excited about, and I think Browns, Browns fans will as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I think he'll be he'll be a great little addition to the to the family in that uh, in that back half. I'm, I'm presuming you've seen Tavier's got two years and four million from the Texans. Confirmed. I did not see that. Yeah, they've agreed to terms on a two-year cornerback, ta- Tavier Thomas. Wow. Two year, $4 million. That's breaking that on the Brown subtle podcast. Way to go, David. Thanks mate. Yeah. (laughs) I actually have to thank, I have to thank Mick. He, uh, he posted it on Twitter with a, uh, with a a gif of uh, Sheldon breathing into a brown paper bag, which I do not recommend as a paramedic um, saying that he's a little (laughs) bit panicky now with our uh, cornerback room. So Mm -hmm. I can understand his concern. It is a, it is a wee bit thin. And I think that now takes the total of uh, Browns to Houston, I think, to eight or nine over the last three or four years. So that's a, that's a big. Uh... I mean, just this year. Yeah. They, 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 Terrence Mitchell went to Houston, yep. right? Yep. Um, you'd mentioned yeah, Tavier Tavier Thomas, Thomas went to Houston. Vincent Taylor went to Houston and Tay Davis went to Houston. Yep. That's, that's, those th- that's this year. That's this year, and then right if you, and if you and if you take it one one step further, um, one step back, they got Kirko, so uh, uh, former Browns, obviously spiritual leader, 
Um, they also had um, uh, the tight end who caught Baker's first touchdown pass, ex-basketballer, Darren Fells. Mm-hmm. Um, they took Duke, um, who they've since released. Um, and they've, given, they've given us Kevin Johnson, which... They gave us, yeah, one in back. Don't know how back. I, yeah. yeah. But yeah, so there you go. That's another one down. Oh, well, well, we'll have to see what happens. I think we're going to have to draft pretty heavily in, in cornerbacks because we're going to need some for camp, if nothing else. All right. The Browns also signed a defensive end, Tack McKinley, also a young guy, 25 years old, six foot two, 250 pounds, drafted in the first round by the Atlanta Falcons. He signs mm. a one year, $4.25 million deal with upside around $6 million. He will play opposite Miles Garrett, I would assume, in a rotational basis, unless he. Um, really, blo- you know, rejuvenates his career like we all hoped. I mean, he's a first-round talent, right? Yep. yep. Um, so, Very what do you what do you there. what do you think about that signing? I was I was happy with it. We've had three or four cracks at it. You know, we've tried to pick him up off waivers in the past, but he failed uh, two physicals: one with Cincinnati, and then one with 49ers, I think it was. After they released him from Atlanta. Um, he was the one that we saw in the when he was drafted carrying the picture of his grandmother. Um, and he had that very short interview when he was in Atlanta. <laughs> I'm good. Yep. No. Yep. It's almost uh, takes me back to uh, I'm just here so I don't get fined. I'm just here so I don't get fined kind of uh, answers. So I hope with the leadership that we do have in that room with Miles and Sheldon, and if we hang on to Larry, Maybe we can get him focused back on the, the, the game. I know that he was injured um, a bit last year, and that's why he obviously didn't pass the physicals. But I'm led to believe that there was some mental health issues too, and that's nothing to be sneezed at. You know, that is really to be taken seriously. And if he can get into a really good environment um, with good support around him, I think I think he could be a really, really good... Essentially, he, he's going to replace... Um, Claymore. Uh, Claiborne and, and it's for similar sort of money, you know, a um, little bit more for a younger player. So I'm, I'm happy about it. You know, you're right. He's a number one draft, you know, uh, first round draft pick. He's got potential. He can, he, he looks good. Yeah. Moves well. Yeah. Two, two young guys to add to the defense. So that, that's good. You know, we didn't overpay for, for these no. guys. Um, yeah. Tack McKinley. He, he also had a message that the Cleveland Browns Twitter released uh, saying that he's just excited to be, you know, Cleveland Brown. So we wish the best for him, and we'll definitely be rooting for him to rejuvenate Absolutely. his career here in Cleveland. Absolutely. Can you imagine that? If he does get it back together, and and like you said, he does play a bit of a bit part in and opposite end of Miles, or even the same side as Miles, and just mess with their heads. You know, uh, imagine that. You know, oh. Miles, Miles, two point and tack three or swap them around, you know, just mess with their heads. That's got some really, really good. I'm, I'm sad to lose Vincent Taylor, to be brutally honest. He was the guy who got the tip ball um, in the, in the playoff game to cause one of the turnovers, you know, and it's just, but we can't keep everybody, you know, it's, it, there's a pie so big and this year it's, you know, smaller. We just have to be smart with it. I trust AB, you know, they've got a plan. 
Yeah, you said it best. I mean, trust in, in Andrew Barry. He's smart. He's going to add pieces to this defense that's going to help us. Looks like so far he's adding young talent, you know, former, former first rounder. And then John Johnson, he was drafted in the third round, but he's also young. I'm excited about that guy, I, John Johnson. I really am. I am I'm excited yeah, about yeah. Uh, what he's going to add to our safety room. Yeah, and I think not only just the safety room, but I mean the entire leadership on the defense. Yeah, you know, if him, if if we we hang on to Sheldon, who's you know that quiet leader who seems to be able to just rally the boys, and John Johnson, if those two can work in synergy together, leading front and back and holding the middle together, and then you've got Malcolm Smith who's re-signed. Mm-hmm. If he can get if he can get um, Mac Wilson up to par, Tacky Tacky is growing beautifully at a nice nice rate it's almost like that we need to, to stop and and breathe and go hang on linebackers and tight ends develop a little bit slower you know they don't necessarily always come out of college ready to set the world on fire they do take a couple of years to develop you know strength whether or not they're going to be better in the pass or run or are they going to be a hybrid are they you know you know what i mean like it's we need to stop. We're expecting a lot out of our guys from the get-go because they played in big programs. Yes, they played in big programs, but it doesn't mean that they process the information. It's a whole new ball game. And you think about our guys, they've had, what, three playbooks in four years. My goodness gracious. You know, you bring up a good point. Sometimes improving a defense isn't cleaning house and getting rid of people and getting new people in. Sometimes it's developing players. That's what good coaching is all about. And, you know, players all of a sudden a light bulb goes off. So you're right. You know, players like Taki Taki, BJ Goodson, Sheldrick Redwine. I mean, sometimes, you know, the more comfortable they get in the defense, uh, you know, a light goes on and all of a sudden, they're, they're better players for it. You know, look at, Absolutely. look at Wyatt Teller on the offensive line, you know, last, last year, you know, during training camp, we weren't really that excited about it, but now it's like, Oh my gosh, we got to keep that guy. There, there's Absolutely. guys on the defense that we're not really thinking about now next year, you know, this time we're going to, man, we need to keep that guy. You know, that's Absolutely. just the way it works. So. And it's also the coaches showing faith in the kids, right? I, I call, I call them kids because they are, let's be honest. They, they've been, four and five star recruits since high school. They've been essentially what we call mollycoddled the way through, you know, they've been protected from certain stuff. All of a sudden now they're men playing against men and you're playing against blokes that have, have cut their teeth sometimes in a little bit of a harder life than them. And they've bounced from team to team to team because they didn't get that. Now we've got a, a bunch of smart coaches combined with a smart front office that aren't infighting to try and, um, uh, see who's you know got the bigger willy at the uh, at the wee station. You know what I mean? It's everyone seems to be working synergistically. And if you're showing faith in, you made mention of it, Sheldon Redwine. What did he do? He comes out and takes an interception. What a bloody great kid! You know, jumps up, gets that, bang, done. Taki Taki to the house. <laughs> you know, you take these guys, and if you can mold them, and if they, like you said, that light bulb moment, you know, the um, the bit where they go. Ah, that's what they mean. Whether or not they digest it, you know, a week later or two weeks later, they don't make the same mistake twice. That's what you want. If they made a mistake, they need to go away and learn what they did wrong so they don't do it again. And this is where you listen to someone like Joe Thomas talk, who sounds like he's been speaking to Jedrick Wills. um, And he's been doing that. He's been very coachable from, from all the interviews that I've heard Joe give about Jed, which is what you want. You want coachability. And... 
I think if if these guys take that step back, and maybe that was a little bit of a humbling experience for Mac, was being injured and then you know having having um, the two older blokes taking his spot essentially. Maybe that's a little bit humbling. So now he's wound back. He's not as so as proactive on on Twitter and so self promoting. So maybe he's gone back into his shell a little bit, reaffirmed what he needs to do, and is hopefully moving in that right direction. So he can be the linebacker that we all kind of want him to be. And we have all of our coaches back. First time in a thousand years. <laughs> yeah, when's the last time we could say that? Uh, yeah, very good point. Um, <laughs> yeah, the nineties, maybe. Yeah, nineties or maybe early early to mid two thousands, maybe. And and that's great. You know, I mean, I was I was so pumped when I found out that we were getting Coach Callahan. That man, oh my goodness, if he's a bloke I could sit down and have a beer and a steak with and just listen to him talk, he is just truly a savant. A foot, he is Yoda. He is a, a football Yoda. I mean, you have a look at what he's done and you listen to what's being talked about and people in Callie Brownson, love her. You know, she's got a huge brain on her. We need to keep her as long as we can because she's going to be wanted. Um you know, and who would, who would have thought 10 years ago that you'd be saying a woman could be the potential of a, you know, she could go either direction now. She could be a GM or she could be a head coach. You know, she's got the potential. She's got, you know, you listen to her talk. She's a highly intelligent woman with passion and drive, which is not what we've had. You know, I mean, I'm at the head of the bus. Shut up, Hugh. I'll give a quick plug for another podcast. That's what B said. I don't know if you ever heard it, but um, Callie Bronson Bronson was on that show and uh, interviewed with them a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. I I did listen to that and I was obviously referring to that plus um, um, uh, the other interviews that she's done on Cleveland Browns daily and and just other ones on, on, um, on the YouTube channel through the Browns uh, website, you know, amazing sort of people, but you're right. Having Joe together, with with his his guys and, and and Kevin with all of his his entire branch and the offensive guys, um, AVP. I mean, gee whiz, <laughs> it is so exciting. You know, we don't need to be and like you said, we don't need to be overpaying. You know, blokes like um, Trey Hendrickson, Carl Lawson, um, Shaq Griffin. Um, there's blokes that have been overpaid left, right, and center. You know, Nelson Aguilar that much money okay all right and you've just drafted two and you've just taken two extra tight ends and paid big odds for them as well at new england okay fine do that no worries let's talk about one of our tight ends david and joku he's still a brown at this point I, yeah um he's uh has six million dollars now fully guaranteed so he you know he's going to be a cleveland brown for next year Absolutely. What do you think about that? Fantastic. I, I, the, he has got so much potential. And I think he's, again, another bloke who looked like he had a light bulb moment last night, uh, last season. He learned that he could block. All right, it's going to sting. Guess what? It hurts. They're, they're 250 to 300 pound blokes coming and hitting you. And then you've got your 185 and 200 little flies that come along and annoy you. Hit them. Hit them hard. Block down on them. You've learned that. Great. You're taking strong catches. Um, I love the little interaction on one of the um, the mic'd up sessions where he goes, I was open. And Baker goes, you slipped. And he goes, no, I, yes, I did. 
and it was and it was and I didn't even see that. Like it, it actually took me that. But he, and then that's where you go. Another light bulb moment. Baker growing into Baker. He's eyeballing his receivers, and you're going right. He slipped, bang, straight to to Rashad Higgins for the touchdown. Um, it was great, and I'm loving the fact that he can take over TE one. Absolutely. Let's let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back with you. It's Jason Hand here, host of the Brown Subtle Podcast, and I want to help give back to local business owners in the Cleveland, Ohio area. Being a small business owner myself, I know that this past year has been tough, really tough. So I want to help. If you are a small business owner in the Cleveland, Ohio area, maybe you're a bar owner, restaurant owner, a brick and mortar retail shop, plumber, electrician, whatever it is that you do, for the next four episodes, I will read a one to three minute advertisement for free to promote your business. My DMs are open. Reach out to me on Twitter at Brown Subtle or at Brown Subtle Pod, and we will make it happen. Go Browns. And we are back, joined tonight by David Evan Smith. We've been talking Cleveland Browns headlines and rumors, we've been talking free agency. Right now, we're going to get into a little bit of the 2021 schedule. I just have some questions for you. Let me let me run off our schedule, David. Far away. At home. Now, we don't know the dates or anything, but at home, we played the Bears, Broncos, Lions, Raiders, Texans, Bengals, Ravens, Steelers. Our away schedule is pretty tough. When I read mm. off these teams, you're going to – Probably agree with me. Away, we play at Chargers, Chiefs, Packers, Patriots, Vikings, Bengals, Ravens, Steelers. <laughs> How's that for a schedule? Well, that is that's a tough schedule considering it's supposed to be the number three spot. But anyway, we've dealt. You know, we won the games to get to where we should have got to, and we've been dealt the hand we've been dealt. You know what, Kevin said. Kevin makes no excuses. We're supporters. We can't make any excuses either. Just got to root for the boys. Um, there's some games in there that are very, very interesting that are not in our division in, in that regards. I find teams like Green Bay, Minnesota, um, Las Vegas, and obviously Houston, hugely interesting games. Um, charges. It'd be interesting to see what Herbert does year two. Does he have a, a bit of a slump, um, like a lot of these rookies going into their second season can do? Um, Denver. They've just agreed to terms with Von Miller again. Um, their franchise tag Simmons. Their defense is pretty solid. Um, they signed Darby to a thirty million dollar contract with nine and a half guaranteed, and Harris three-year, $27 million contract. So they spent a bit of money. I just don't know about their quarterback. I think uh, I think they might be uh, – I don't know where they're drafting, but I, I wouldn't be surprised that if they draft one, to be brutally honest, or trade for one. So I, I, I heard what? rumors that the Broncos might be looking at trading for Gardner Minshew from the Jaguars. I don't know how true that is, but that, that would be interesting that if you went to the Broncos. To, okay, to, yeah. you know, to challenge for the position with Drew Locke. Mm-hmm. Okay, let them do that. That's great. If we can beat both of them, I'm happy with that. Um, Detroit Detroit seems interesting. 
Um, yeah, Minnesota. Yeah, Jared, Jared Goff over there now in Detroit. Yeah, um, Deshaun Watson in in Houston. I think he's going to stay there. Well, um, the, is he? the I I think he is. Even with them, I, well, there you go. There's another Tyrod Taylor. Didn't they sign him? They did. One year, twelve million dollars. That's a fair bit of coin for a backup. I think. I think that's a good insurance policy in, in case it goes south and he doesn't play. Is what yeah, I think. well, I get, I get, what, what did that work out at being? If he doesn't play, he gets fined, and I think he still only gets fined like one-third of his entire guaranteed money anyway for that season. So see you later. There's a fair chance you're right. When you look at our schedule, the, the away games are, are definitely – there's 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 some tough games there. What, which Green opponents? Bay and KC and Green Bay. Oh. Chargers, I mean, that's that's going to be tough. Vikings yeah. is going to be tough. Bengals might be tough, you know, um, depending on their O line, though. Hmm? They still haven't addressed their O line. Yeah, their O line's still not not much chop. So, Tack ready to go, Miles ready to go. They could have a feast. What which opponents are tougher in the schedule, home or away? Green Bay and Kansas City away, definitely. New England, I mean, Gillette Stadium. They get the rub of the green there. There's no holding in Green Bay. Oh, sorry, there's no holding in New, in New England when there's uh, New England has the ball. Mind you, they don't have Tom anymore. So yeah, maybe that rule doesn't apply anymore. Um, yeah, I don't know. Raiders at home, I mean, we sort of lost that game. They didn't win it last year. Yeah, during the hurricane. Yeah, during the hurricane, yeah. yeah. Hurricane Las Vegas. Yeah, and Chicago. Who knows what's going on there? Um, Mitch or the Red Rifle? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, who knows, right? It, it, it really is up in the air. I mean, I guess, like I said earlier, the only thing that we can focus on is I want to beat Lamar twice. End of, end of story. I want to beat Lamar twice. I I caught up with um, one of the boys from the Melbourne Browns backers. So I'm, I should have said this earlier, um, I'm the vice president of um, Melbourne Browns backers. So we've got our Browns backers um, club here in, a, here in Melbourne. There's probably uh, mixed the president up in New South Wales, as he said, or one of the presidents of one of the clubs. And there's about um, 60 or 70 members here in Melbourne. Um, and I must say the club looks after us quite well. They've sent us a, a number of, um, you know, little tokens we've got our own party cups we've got uh uh now you guys call them something else we call them stubby holders you've got it around your can what do you call them cozies koozies koozies right which i'm going to send you six of them when we're done oh thank you yes sir very much um yeah they um they uh we call them stubby holders because yeah yeah our beer different bottles it's, it's a linguistics thing i've probably said a few australian colloquialisms that have Probably make a few of your listeners scratch their head going, what the hell is he talking about? I'll have to give you some- As long as you don't talk about thongs like Mick did. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was quite funny that I did I did laugh at that. And that was part of the reason. I, that was part of the reason. I mean, I'd already been listening to some of your podcasts over the journey and I thought, yeah, yeah, I should reach out. I should reach out, you know. And I went, no, 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 I don't need to bore him with my stories. And then Mick go, right, one upmanship. Right. If Mick's been on it, I've got to be on it. <laughs> I've got a, a, a couple listeners from Australia that are that are weekly. Looks like from the stats that I see that so oh, one, one of them will be myself. Another one will be Mick. I don't know if you yeah. can, can see that. I'll, that's the 
that's the cut they send. Absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. They send send those and we ended up with last year, we ended up with um, bottle openers and all sorts of bits and pieces. So the club really does look after us. Uh, lanyards and some stuff like that, you know, just to, to get it out there and, and give it to the to the members. So that's really cool. Um, yeah. Um, sorry, what was I saying? Lamar. Oh, we met up at, at the pub and we nearly got kicked out of it because we got a little bit vocal in that uh, Ravens game at home where, uh, where he didn't... Um, uh, lose control of himself, but did lose control of himself. Uh, post when he went whatever. to the bathroom and then came back yeah. out. Yeah, that yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. That was that stab through the heart. There you go. Edit that back in. My worst moment was that comeback oh. last year of him coming back out on the field. But anyway, who was that? McSorley was that their quarterback? Their backup. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Kill me. Kill me now. No, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I want. Like I said, I just want to be. If we can beat. The Steelers twice and the Ravens twice. Steelers are in absolute chaos. Who knows what's going on there? Um, if we can get those two, I'll be happy. Uh, you, you know, if, if we win the division, it doesn't matter what the rest of the schedule, right? I mean, because if you win the division, you're in the playoffs. So, yeah. Correct. Correct. And, um, and it's still so hard at the moment. I mean, the draft hasn't happened. Who knows what's happening in the draft? Um, like we were talking about earlier, you know, there hasn't been good film. There hasn't been enough knowledge to be able to be really garnered um and some of the teams are doing some very strange stuff and paying above the odds so i don't know how many primetime games do you see on this schedule oh everybody gets the thursday night game but i guess i'm talking about sunday night monday night i wouldn't be surprised to see half a dozen yeah, I see four or five, definitely. I mean, the Chiefs, the Packers, yes. Yes. maybe the Chargers. You know, yeah, you, you yeah, brought yeah. up two, Justin two Herbert. Rookies. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. Yeah, the rookie who beat the rookies, who beat Peyton Manning's touchdown record, for sure. You know, I think the Thursday night game will probably be an AFC North rival, maybe Steelers yep. or Ravens. I would be almost, almost willing to bet on a Browns-Ravens game. Because they've got the, you know, the both of them have got flashy running backs, one pretending to be a QB, uh, allegedly, Your Honor. Um, and then maybe <laughs> maybe a swan song for Ben at the end of the season if he's still playing, if, he's, if his arm holds up and doesn't fall off and need to be super glued back on, you know, like a swan song for him. Uh, Steelers, at St- Steelers at Steelers, perhaps, if it's later in the season. I don't know, you know. You being a, a football fan all the way in Australia, do you prefer primetime games because it's later in the day? Yes, you yes, do. Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, primetime games that we've got throughout last season ended up anywhere between 11 and midday. That was fantastic. So that, that Baltimore game um, that we are talking about earlier, that started at midday or quarter past 12, our time. And that was amazing. You know, like we can, we can go to one of the pubs that's open because um, COVID, well, here in Melbourne, we've had um, three weeks of zero cases locally acquired. So we're essentially running COVID free. And at that point last year, to be able to go to the pub, have a few beers, have a few wings and watch the, the game uh, on a big screen was just phenomenal. The outcome wasn't what we wanted, but, you know, I'll take, it was still a great game of football. <laughs> All right. I'm going to ask you two uh, high and low questions. Of the games on the schedule in 2021, which game do you see as being the highest scoring game, the most points? 
highest scoring game. I'm going to go in the limit. Steelers at home. Steelers at home. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I picked the Packers only because Aaron Rodgers, he can score so doggone quick. I mean, they have Aaron Jones. Uh, oh, you they, mean combined total? Co- sorry, combined. Yeah, oh, combined sorry. score. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, combined score. Yeah, sorry. I was thinking how much the, the biggest gap between us winning. Um, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going with the steel, uh, against the Steelers. Yeah, no, Green. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll, I'll sidle up alongside you there, Green Bay. You're right. Aaron can score so quick when he wants to. Um, and I just don't know about KC. KC's got the potential, but no, I'll stick with stick with you on that one. I, I like that. Yeah. What yep. about the lowest scoring game? Lowest combined score? Like a what? What do you? What game do you see on our schedule that can end in a you know twelve to six final score? New England. New England. Well, if it's a if it's late in the season and it's one of those cold, rainy awful nights crappy when winter crappy, game winter game you know like it was again in 20 in 2019 um you know it's got the potential and cam's got a pudding cup for an arm who knows you know like yeah, that's that could be a low scoring game that could be a low scoring game I have the Bears. I just think that could be a low-scoring game. I mean, the Bears, they have a they have a I think they have a top five defense, and our defense will be improved, and we don't know who their quarterback is. Could it be Trubisky? You know, who I think but it will be him, but number one O line in the league. Yeah. And if we're running two tight end sets, and now that uh, the Chief isn't scared to block down, mate, that's got the potential. If Kareem and uh, Nick have a field day and then have a little bit of, you know, bit of juice on the out, you know, juice on the out or uh, fingers crossed OBJ turns on one. Why not? Let's, uh, let's keep our fingers crossed on that one. All right. So here's the QBs that we're going at this point, as we're recording, these are the QBs that we're going against next year on the schedule. Patrick Mahomes, Drew Locke, Mitch Trubisky, Aaron Rodgers. Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, Ben Roethlisberger, Joe Burrow, I think. I mean, he'll be back. Maybe not the start of the season, but he'll be back. Um, Justin Herbert, Derek Carr, Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins, and did I say Cam Newton? Cam Newton. Who, Who are you most concerned about on the schedule? Let's give our top five. Like, what top five quarterbacks are you most concerned on the Cleveland Browns schedule next year? In, in no particular order, Aaron, um, Pat, uh, Lamar. Um, Pat, Lamar, Aaron are probably the three, top three. I guess we need to see what unfolds in Houston and probably put in there for Justin. I think Justin Herbert's, a, you know, got the potential. He's got legs and he's got, uh, got a cannon for an arm. Um, Dude, our, our top five are so close. We're so close, man. Um, I honestly, <laughs> Carr, if he's on, we've seen he can, he can perform 
well above his ceiling. You know, he cuts a little hole in the skylight and pops up. You know, he's just um, yeah. I'll go. I'll go with Derek. Yeah. I, I so, just I, I just not sold. I've never been sold on Kirk. Who knows with Chicago? That's just chaos. Drew Locke. I mean, I don't even know. Like I just he's at the bottom of my list. Jared. Jared. I'm still wouldn't be surprised if they do a uh, you know the old switch and trade for Jared Goff because they haven't looked after him this off season. You know they got rid of receivers and stuff at Detroit. So I wouldn't be surprised they move on without Detroit? him pulling, Yeah, without him even pulling on a jersey. I wouldn't be surprised. It wouldn't it wouldn't really? like if if we spoke next week or you know during the trade period and all of a sudden he's gone, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not saying oh. anything. I haven't heard any rumors. Yeah. It just, it's just one of those vibes I've got that you know they haven't supported him unless they're going to use all their draft picks for receivers because it's supposed to be a deep class. But again, who knows? New new coaches, new GMs, Dorsey's there in his white sweaters. You know, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> All right. So the top of my list is obviously Patrick Mahomes. I want I want to I want to re- play that game bad. It's in Kansas City, um, but Patrick Mahomes concerns me. I mean, obviously he's the best quarterback in the league. Number yep. two, I have Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you know, he's he's a gunslinger. He's going to put up a a ton of points. Uh, number three, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, Deshaun Watson's my number three, assuming he plays, and I think he will. Lamar Jackson is number four. You know, he's just he's a baller. That's what he is, and and that's why I'm excited about the safety signing that you know with with John Johnson. I mean, I think he's going to help. Absolutely. You know the the. Lamar Jackson's the well. Have you seen the the hits that he's made on the line when he sort oh, of it's ridiculous. Up and plays like a linebacker? He's insane. I love him. You, Anyone, you, I love defense, as you well as I said earlier. You know, being a former middle linebacker and outside linebacker, hitting people is fun. And he's going to help us with that. You'd mentioned earlier about helping us with the run. John Johnson's going to help us with that for sure. Absolutely. And um, on some good news, late breaking. Apparently, oh. we've we've agreed to terms with Rashad Hollywood Higgins for one year deal. Is that official? It is not a hundred percent official, but it's coming from the verified account of Mister Ian Rappaport. So I'll say it's uh, close. Let's do the the clap. Welcome home, Hollywood. Breaking here on. Brown Subtle Podcast. The Cleveland Browns are signing Rashard Higgins to a one-year deal. Is that what you said? One-year deal. Yes, sir. One-year deal. Let me pull it up here. I want to make sure it's not the fake Adam Schefter. No, no, no. This is Ian Rappaport. No, no. Oh, Ian Rappaport. Okay. Yeah, no, no. It's rap sheet. No, I've I've seen the uh, the Schefter one. Let me look it up here. Okay. Two point six million followers. Ian Rappaport says the Cleveland Browns wide receiver Rashard Higgins is expected to sign back with Cleveland on a one-year deal. Source says the player they called Hollywood returns after thirty-seven catches and five hundred ninety-nine yards in two thousand twenty. Hopefully, that's true. He's a fan favorite. I, I, I do want to see that guy back in a Cleveland Browns uniform. And our game against New England just got a little bit more difficult. Kyle Van Noy is back with the Pats. Hmm. 
man, there are so many signings. It's hard to keep up. Is I know, there? isn't it? Oh, it's but, crazy. I mean, it's also it's also funny that we're doing this podcast right now. You know, Wednesday night, Thursday midday, and it's all happening as we're speaking. So it's almost it's late breaking. But by the time you unfortunately have to edit half of my rambling rubbish out <laughs> it's kind of oh continue. no we're, we're on editing anything my friend at midnight oh, tonight it'll be released to the oh, world oh wow that's oh that's scary <laughs> so <laughs> i vote to the world released to the world released to the world now the other one that for, for interesting i found so you, when we were chatting um last week or the week before we were sort of starting to tee this up as i said to you earlier i took a step back about our 20, 2021 draw and was having a look at who people have signed that are going to get in our way of getting those W's. Um, we sort of highlighted some stuff. So D Ford re-signed with the cheese for two years for 24 mil. Now, the other thing that I've, I think that we've all learned, uh, salary caps mean nothing. This this trade period or, and this uh, tampering period and all this sort of stuff, I think we've learned pretty quick that, that uh, salary caps don't mean a thing because you can readjust them to suit your needs where you see fit. But also I'm wondering whether or not the numbers or potential numbers for the TV deals have been leaked. Hence the reason you're starting to see these teams doing these massive back-ended deals. Because I'm, I'm gathering that deal that um, uh, was done in New England and San Francisco. Those deals, a lot of them are back-ended with small pay this year. So I'm wondering whether or not someone has leaked or got an idea of what they're planning to have for the 2022 salary cap hence these big deals which is going to be great for us because if we can retain some of that money we're going to have chubb hunt oh sorry uh yeah chubb um baker denzel all due for their paydays probably if you know depending on how people view things in the office i don't care what twitter says but do we keep hunt you know that two back that two uh, back attack really does seem to go really really well, and they work well together like brothers, which is what you want. Um, and then you're going to start to roll into people like Ronnie Harrison, um, uh, and then you've got OBJ and Juice both coming to the end of their contracts. We've got a lot of work to do in the next three years. It's going to be huge. Got a lot of potential. Were you surprised that Larry Ogunjobi wasn't? picked up today by anybody I have and been. what does that mean for the browns does that mean that maybe possibly because the talk him. was that we wouldn't be able to afford them but here it is 9 30 at night free agency has been going on for several hours now and nobody's picked him up yet and and we don't know what we don't know what obviously and this is the difference too we don't know what conversations they've had in-house because nothing leaks anymore. We've gone from being this uh, big colander where everyone's trying to one-up and ship everyone else. COVID has helped for sure, but I, I wouldn't be surprised that, um, you know, Paul D. Podesta and, and JW and, and Andrew have gone, right, anyone leaks stuff, we're going to find out who it was and you're not going to have a job. If you want to keep this job, we're trying to build a franchise that becomes the pinnacle. You know, we want to be you know, the Pats, the, the Niners and the Cowboys of the late 80s to the mid 90s. We want to build a franchise that people want to come to. And we're starting to see that. JJ3 comes aboard. Tack comes aboard. So, you know, we're not seeing those leaks. So maybe they've had conversations in-house. If they don't, if he doesn't get offered stupid money, they'll re-sign him. I'll happily take him. I love Larry O. 
We're, we're, we're up against it. I do have a question for you, though. So so we've Please. signed two free agents so far. Who who else is out there? I mean, I think we're looking – personally, I think we're looking for a cornerback. Um, Dory Jackson. Okay. Is that who you're looking at? That, that's, that's probably just straight off the cuff because I was looking at, at Shaquille Griffin and then I saw the money he got and I went, aye. Um, I think – Unless there's something that's gone on that we don't know about, there was also another bloke out of the Rams. There was a cornerback out of the Rams who was um, a playing mate with um, with obviously JJ, um, who also was was due to come up, uh, who was released out. Um, I should have written his name down, but I didn't, so that's my fault. So I apologise for that. Um, but yeah, let, let's um, let's see. And, and Hollywood's just confirmed it nine minutes ago. Let's run it back. So that's uh, Hollywood's personal account. So he is home. Um, there, there's a couple names for, for cornerbacks that I've heard. Brian Poole from the Jets. Yeah, I don't mind. Yeah, don't mind Poole. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I just saw this on Twitter. There's some rumors going around that Gary on Conley from the Texans I don't. I can be honest. I that, don't know uh, about him. That he's rumored to be talking with the with the Cleveland Browns. He's a young guy, twenty six years old. Um, Houston. I, I think he was injured last year, but he's he's coming off an injury. So there's uh, Richard Sherman. Uh, you know, uh, he, he's not rumored to come to the Browns, but he's out there. Do you feel like we need to add another cornerback? you know, during yes. free agency, or do you think we, we cover that in the draft or do we do both? I, I think we're probably going to need both um, yeah. because you're going to need numbers for camp. And I mean, look, Grant Delpit's Achilles ruptured doing warm-up drills, wasn't it? He was catching balls and mm-hmm. he'd only jumped, he'd only jumped like three, three to six inches off the ground and it popped, you know, like, no, no, no. We we need numbers, um, not only as, as as for training camp, but we need numbers in the room. Um, and here's another one. I guess we, we haven't seen is um, Mr. Dunlap. I don't think Carlos has signed anywhere, has he? I haven't seen. His I am looking up. at that right now. Before the podcast started, I looked, and he was not signed. Um, and this, so this was an hour ago. So no, I don't think he's signed. So if he's uh, if he's not asking for for crazy money, um, why not? Yeah, yeah, no, he is not signed. Okay, so yeah, you have you know Justin Houston, Jadavian Clowney, Ryan no, Kerrigan. I don't They're, want I don't want Clowney. I don't know why. There's something about him that I just I don't know why. Just no. <laughs> I mean, you're you're gonna pay for that guy anyways. So what are you gonna get the return in the investment? Yeah. That's what I you know. That, the that's the concern there. ROI, return on investment. I mean, it seems like they're going for the younger guys. Is what I mean. That's what it looks like we're doing so far. Yep. Not the yep. not the guys that are wrong side of thirty, plus. just trying to get their last payday. They're looking for guys that maybe former first rounders trying to rejuvenate their career. Um, you know, maybe a player coming off injury that showed signs that he could play in this league. That's what I love about AB, man. He's smart. He's not going to overpay. And you're right. I mean, after this year, 
we, we have to worry about some contracts, Baker Mayfield, Denzel Ward, Nick Chubb, um, you know, the offensive line, Wyatt Teller. We got some players that we have to make big decisions about. So we, we definitely don't want to overpay for a free agent. No, no, no. And, and uh, clearly the, all the banter leading up to this period of all these one year deals was wrong as well. That was what I was alluding to earlier in regards to, you know, the TV deal maybe being leaked or, an inkling of how much is actually moving forward. Are we going to go and see that 225 salary cap or 230? So, I mean, my goodness, 230. That's a crazy number. But, you know, 230 million. I mean, goodness gracious me, you know. But anyway. All right, let's get into the final segment, Brown Settle Mailbag. We have just a couple questions. The first question is coming from at big underscore Mike nine one six nine. He was he's a friend of the show. He was actually a guest not too long ago. Great guy, great Browns fan. He asked, "Which remaining free agents would you like to see the Browns sign?" And we just named a couple. But do you have a couple more that that you'd like to see the Browns sign? I, I think. I think I'm going to stick with with Carlos Dunlap. I think he might actually be be a useful person for the right money. Um, Rashad Perryman, um, if he's still available, I haven't. I, you know, like I said, we've been doing this for an hour now, and I haven't quite caught up with this morning. I had a little bit of a hectic morning myself, but that's okay. Um, I don't know if Perryman's and and the other Perryman who's on the defense. I don't believe they're related. Just happened to have the same surname. Um, the Perryman, who was a, a DB, um, I think he was available in the same breath as Poole. So um, both Perrymans, 1-0, 1-D. Um, and, and Carlos Dunlap are probably the three. Because Brashad, as, as we know, in 18, had good chemistry along with Rashad Higgins with Baker. He's got a little bit more top-end speed and can rip the top off it um, uh, like we need. We do need some vertical speed. And let's be honest, we're only another injury away from being short wide receivers again. I mean, you know, and who says that, that we're not going to have another issue with COVID? Do you think there's any possibility the Browns take a flyer on Deshaun Jackson? 35-year-old Deshaun Jackson, no? I hope not. I think he could still fly, though. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, we wouldn't we wouldn't ask him to play, you know, or catch a hundred balls a year. I mean, no, he would true, go, true, true. Right. If he was on a veteran, but the veteran isn't the veteran minimum contract nearly three million dollars. Uh, I don't. I, I'm not I sure. Think, what, I think I thought it was like eight hundred thousand or something like that. Oh, is it? All right. Well, if we if we if he would sign for a one year, one million. And let's let's be generous. Let's give him say five hundred thousand in bonuses if we, you know, all that sort of stuff that they throw in there for training camp and you know all the other bits and pieces and playoff appearances and that, and then numbers of TDs. So one million with uh, the league minimum, if it's eight hundred thousand as as guaranteed, with you know another seven hundred thousand on top to earn. I mean, some, right. somebody's going to sign him. He's coming off a three-year contract, almost $28 million from the Eagles. So he's he's going to want to get paid, you know, for his last two, year or two in the league. I'm just 
I think that we need to bring in another wide receiver. I mean, um, like you said, some speedster guy, John Brown was just signed. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. He he was the guy that that I was looking at as possibly the Browns in bringing in. Let's see, where did John Brown go? He went to Buffalo. Uh, no, he, uh, he was at Buffalo. He went to the Raiders. The Raiders signed him to a one-year deal. So they got rid of Aguilar and signed John Brown. Okay, interesting. Um, has Kenny Galladay signed anywhere yet? Kenny Galladay. I don't see that. Okay. Interesting, interesting, interesting. That's right. Yeah. But here it is, Rashard Higgins, one year with the Cleveland Browns. Just signed him back, so that's good. It is, it's brilliant. So the Bengals offered Kenny Golladay a a one-year deal. And he hasn't made a decision yet. The reason he's gone is potentially going there is the OC um, was the OC for him when he's rookie uh, Brian Callahan, mm. who's a Detroit rookie. So anyway, it's a this is a fun part of the year, you know. Free agency always is. It, it moves fast. You, I, you 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 can't retain all the information. At least I can. My brain doesn't work that way. I have to digest stuff and free agency doesn't give you that opportunity so if you heard some pauses during this episode it was david and i looking at our phones and checking for updates yeah yeah and pausing because we just we're trying to process it it's 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 crazy the the speed of some of this stuff's happening at the moment so that's and it's a great time of year i mean it's one of my favorite like i said to you earlier i was having a look we've got nine draft selections i've heard i don't know probably a thousand different women mock drafts and I throw my hands in the air. I go, let's be honest, guys. You can mock as much as you like. We've got three really, really smart blokes. Ivy League school who are not rushing to make any crazy decisions. And I know I've seen every man and his dog um, um, uh, draft. Was it Xavier? Zavin Collins. Zavin Collins, sorry. Yeah, Zavin Collins. And I'm like, if that's great that you're all projecting that that's fine. He probably won't last until 26 and you know what? It's not a huge order, but you know what? You can guess all you want for all I know, they could be bringing back Matt Barr, you know, AB <laughs> <laughs> is going to do what AB wants to do. It looks like, as we were talking about earlier, Jimmy has taken his fingers out of the pie and let the guys do what they need to do. Um, there won't be any more Johnny football bloody draft picks at the last minute where we shouldn't have taken him. There won't be, you know, a string of quarterbacks where someone has to pull out another Jersey and type 32 names on the back of it. You know, (laughs) thank God. (laughs) Thank goodness. I hope those days are, I'm glad those days are behind us. You know what? So am I. And, and I was, I was just shaking my head as probably you were too. when when all the Twitter people fired up about, should we trade Baker Mayfield for Deshaun Watson? How about no? How about no? Just time out. The season's been over for about eight weeks. Breathe, people. Breathe. Enjoy what we experienced. Let's go for that again. Baker's taken huge steps forward. Let's embrace him. He's, he's As Bo says, he's huggable. He's, a, he's one of us. He's a Browns. That's it. That's all we need to know. He's what we've been looking for for two decades. My goodness gracious, yes. I, I, actually, I, I was thinking too, another one of the, the comments 
that you are one of the questions you asked me about one of the biggest uh, disappointments as a Browns fan. Um, upon our return, I was so excited to hear one of the blokes I idolised as a, as a linebacker, um, former Detroit Brown, uh, sorry, Detroit Brown, Detroit Lion, middle linebacker, number 54, Chris Spielman. He was a, a bloke that I absolutely idolised. And then I saw him in a practice game and I was watching that game when he got clipped and went out of bounds in a Browns jersey. And I thought, I thought to myself, this is the jersey I'm getting. 54 was the number I wore. Oh my goodness. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah. He was he was my idol um, growing up um, as a as a linebacker. He was I, I read an amazing article about him when he went to Detroit. He's a he sounds like he was a good old boy. Um, uh, he used to turn up with a a, a dip um, mark in his back pocket of his jeans. He drove a big pickup truck. He was, you know, the kind of bloke that I, that I really liked the sound of and, and how he um, went about his business. And I was excited to see him in a Browns uniform. And then he did his back injury, got yeah. that cracked vertebrae, yeah. and he was out. And my heart Gut wrenching. Oh, absolutely just shattered for the man. Um, you know, he was a, a bloke that I was, you know, really looking forward to, to, wearing, uh, to, to wearing a Browns jersey. He's a former Buckeye, um, you know, just, oh, well, that's life. That's football. Yeah. Well, final question. This is a fun one. I think you're going to like this a lot, David. All right, here we go. From at Browns down under ass. <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah, far away. Can you ask him why Sydney is better than Melbourne? I think we've uh, well, I think we discussed that a little bit earlier there, Jace, didn't we? It's not. It's not. <laughs> Melbourne Melbourne people are far more handsome and good looking than Sydney people. Um, we're not all direct descendants of convicts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, you can leave your car unlocked in Melbourne. In Sydney, all the wheels are stolen the minute. You... No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I love. I do love Sydney. I used to, when I was, uh, before I was a paramedic, I worked, worked in the motor industry and I um, used to go and travel up to Sydney for, for business and I did enjoy it. They are good people. I love Mick. Melbourne's better though. I've told you this already, Jace. The coffee's better. The food's better. You know, I was actually looking at that. He was, he, I saw his, his tweet this morning about it and he was banging on about the weather's better. I said to him, uh, I was thinking that I was going to reply. I said, no, I'll save it for the podcast. Yes, it's 19 degrees Celsius, which equates to 66 in, in uh, US language. It's 21 degrees Celsius in Sydney today, which equates to 70 degrees. However, like most times, Sydney is wet and rainy. Melbourne is sunny with a slight overcast. Jace, if you were here with me now in Melbourne, we could go and sit in the backyard, have a, an enjoyable lunchtime beer. I could fire up the grill. In Sydney, we'd need raincoats and be and umbrellas. We don't need that in Melbourne, mate. I can brew you a nice coffee. You can have a nice cold beer out of my fridge and I can fire up the grill. Sydney, no. Melbourne, better. You could, you, you might as well be talking about Cleveland and Cincinnati. You know, they're yeah. both in Ohio and. Yes. <laughs> there is that, there is that. Um, yeah, but see, we don't have, um, from all accounts, that horrible mile high chili. So, you know, we've got, we've got good food. The Skyline Chili. Oh, Skyline Chili, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah Skyline yeah. Chili. I've, I've never eaten it. And um, 
Uh, I see a lot of people. It's, it's uh, all right. It's, you know, it's nothing to write home about. No, I, I've been uh, meaning to try, uh, actually, um, the late, great uh, Chris Wessling, may he rest in peace, um, did his own uh, version of a chili, a Cincinnati-style chili, which is on, um, on Instagram somewhere. And uh, he, was a, he was a bloke that uh, I greatly admired as a journo um, and uh, had the uh, uh, wonderful chance to just to chat to him privately um, in his uh, last few months on the planet. And... Um, um, I've been meaning to try in in his uh, memory to do the uh, his version of Cincinnati chili. So when I get around to cooking that, I'll uh, I'll report back to you, mate. Definitely do that for sure. He says it's better than uh, Skyline. <laughs> Mick, that was a fun question. Uh, we <laughs> love you, Mick. Yeah, love you, Mick. <laughs> well, David, this was a lot of fun. We we've been Thanks, talking guys. about this for about a month now, and um, I'm glad yeah. that we were able to share this time together. And I told Mick the same thing. It's funny, I could do a podcast Zoom meeting with somebody that's maybe a few states away, and it'll cut in and out. And we haven't had one technical hiccup since we've been on this podcast. I uh, I'm very pleased of that. I've obviously trained my hamsters well on their wheel. They're running fast, <laughs> and I've kept them fed. So the connection's been Mickey Mouse. I can't fault it. It's It's been fun. I really enjoyed this time together, man. Is there anything else you want to share before we let you go? No, no. I just, I'm just grateful that you, you were uh, happy to have me on. And I hope, uh, I hope I conveyed that, you know, when, when you hear um, Bo and Nathan on Cleveland Browns daily talk about the world's team, um, it's, it really is. Since joining Twitter, I've made friends, obviously, you know, with a lot of you in the U.S. And that's right across the U.S., from East Coast to West Coast, from North to South. But, you know, we've got contacts in Ireland. We've got – there's Browns backers clubs in Thailand. There's Browns backers clubs in, in you know, Ireland, England, um, probably in Scotland. I haven't caught up with any of them, but they're probably um, – you know, there's a, a bunch of guys in New Zealand, um, as, as we say it, across the ditch as they say, across the Dutch, because they've got their own accent, <laughs> brew. Um, love them. Um, you know, we've made friends with so many people all around the world. So when when I hear Dallas Cowboys people say, oh, we're America's team, I just sit back and smile and go, yeah, but we follow the world's team because we really are the world's team. We are. world, Just like Nathan Zagura says, world's team. It is absolutely, and that, and that's uh, and that's great, you know. And, and like I said, I'm what 20, 25 odd years or twenty seven odd years of, of following this team, and and love it, and and continue to do so. And having the opportunity to sit down and have a have a yarn with you has been awesome, and I really appreciate it. You've got a brilliant podcast. You've had some fantastic guests with a myriad of, of stories, and it's just it's just fantastic, mate. Keep up the great work, and and mate, thanks very much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much. That was, that was a great compliment. I, I do have a question for you. Yeah. Do you have any plans in the works for traveling to the United States to attend a Browns game live? Yes. You do? Um, absolutely. Um, we have, I have been trying to meet up with, as I said to you, my cousins, as I refer to them affectionately, um, for a number of years, but children and mortgages and changing careers at eight, nine years ago and all that sort of halt this stuff and funnily enough COVID apparently happened and stopped me traveling strange that um Uncle Barrels who's a as I said earlier he's a, a mate of mine and he's one of the Melbourne Browns backers members his 40th is coming up 
he wants to organise a boys' trip with uh, half a dozen of us to come to First Energy and hopefully then the restrictions will be down, everyone will be vaccinated and we can enjoy the tailgating because... We, and that's the other thing we've met. I've met the guys that do the tailgating communities online on, on the Twitter, in the Twitter sphere. They're hilarious. Um, um, you know, Top dog tailgate. Like, have you heard of him? Top, I yeah. have. And, and Nats, uh, G-N-A-T-S uh-huh. tailgate. And there's yeah. been a few of them that, that have ended up on other podcasts and, and stuff like that, which are, are sadly no longer around, but that's, you know, that's life. That's what happens. Um, but yeah, just getting there and, and actually, being able to text people, you know, obviously, you know, um, Slim Dog, we've been trying to, I've been, you know, talking to, with David for a, a while and we've all been talking about just wanting to be able to go to Cleveland to First Energy and all meet up and just actually be together and and, and, and meet one another and do all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, um, um, Uncle Barrels, uh, his 40th coming up, trying to get a trip over this, but we'll see, you know, we're still not allowed to leave the country. Well, my friend, when, when, when you do, it's not if, it's when you decide when, to come absolutely. to a game, let me know and I will be there. Absolutely. Definitely. Yep, yep. I, I would love, love to uh, share a beer with you at, at tailgate. You'd mentioned Slim Dog. The last time I was at a Cleveland Browns game, Slim Dog was there and we tailgated at Top Dog Tailgate. Had a great time. A bunch of uh, Browns Twitter folks were there. Rod oh, Bloom, oh, Rod, what a, who, what a who I've, I've heard you on the Browns Blitz. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I did a beer, a beer. Well, it was beautiful. It wasn't even football. It was just beer related. Another one of my favorite topics. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh huh. It was it was good fun. Yeah, Rod's a ripping bloke, and and uh, Lynn uh, Lynn Savage and Lynn Savage on as well. Yeah, yeah. She's a she's a top flight uh, top flight missus, um, as we like to refer to people in Australia. Um, yeah. So now it'll be it'll be fantastic. I'd love to love to you know break bread and drink beer with everyone. Uh, you know it's. You can choose to focus on and go down that negative path, but why? There's so yeah. much positivity and, and we can, you know, we can bask in the glory that we're now living in without being silly. As I said, you know, about people leading up to the playoffs, just put a big Tupperware container top over Berea and keep the excitement contained. Let's wait until it's official that we're in. Then when we're in, rip the lid off. And what happened? We kicked their asses. We kicked the Steelers' asses. I don't think I'll ever stop talking about it. If you're ever feeling blue, if you're ever feeling down, log on to YouTube, log on to the NFL Network, put on that first two minutes, and you just sit there and you bask in the glory that is the Cleveland Browns. I can't think of a better way to end the episode, man. We're going to end it with that, but where can listeners find you on social media? Uh, At... Uh, grumpy medic, uh, grumpy lifting medic. Now I'm going to have to spell it because I had to truncate it to fit it in for uh, uh, Twitter because of their um, the way they do things. So it's at G R M P Y L I F T N medic, and uh, that just goes to show uh, my love of uh, heavy lifting and the fact that I'm grumpy sometimes. David Evan Smith, you've been a you've been a gentleman and a scholar, and uh, it was it was great to have you on the show, man. It really was, and I, and let's do this again soon. Mate, I'd love to. I dips my lid to you. you, as I said before, mate. You're doing a cracking show, and it's great to hear all of us average Joes that can have a chat with you and reach a worldwide audience just to express our love and, and joy of Browns and Brownsdom. There you go. Well, uh, make sure you DM me your address. 
I will, and I'm going to send you. you six of these Browns Huddle podcast uh, koozies in the mail. Thank you. I appreciate and that. I, I picked six because that's Baker's number. So that's that's what we got to do. We got to do six and, of them. Six of them, and we, and we buy it in a six-pack. There you go. There you go. There you six go. Six-pack of beers, six-pack of koozies, six-pack of waking up dangerous. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Brown Subtle Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Hand. Thank you so much for coming on the show, David. And until next time, go Browns. Go Browns.